Hey, good morning. Welcome to the Anthem Daily Podcast. My name is Bert Alcorn. Today is Monday, May 4th. Okay, today I'm very pumped to be kicking off something exciting, something Sherry and I have actually been mulling around for quite some time, something that's been sitting on my brain. I've been reading about, talking with some people about. I'm pretty pumped for that. But before we get there, what I actually want to do is I want to just take a step back quickly And especially if you're listening and this is maybe your first time listening, or if we just need that reminder, I want to actually step back and remind ourselves of of the why before we get to the what and the how for today. So when we started this podcast, right after kind of we went into shelter at home with all the coronavirus stuff, and uh, what we wanted to do is just offer up kind of a, a scripture, a thought, a prayer, a practice, something to just stir us and shape us and, and point us towards Jesus in a season where it's really easy to, to look to ourselves and to be consumed by worry and anxiety or to even see this time that we find ourselves in as something less than it is, which is an incredible crucible shaping moment for you and I to come out of this more like Jesus. And so what we did on the front end is we actually like started just unpacking this this phrase that's become really important for us as as a church. It's become like a shaping vision kind of phrase. And that phrase is we're growing to become resilient disciples who are faithful in the face of cultural coercion and who live a vibrant life in the spirit. So what we did is we just took some time to unpack that phrase. So if you missed that, you can go back and listen. And then we spent a ton of time interviewing so many of our friends about how do we live a vibrant life in the spirit in the time of coronavirus. And then kind of what we did after taking a pause for Holy Week and, and working through some texts there is we started to just unpack this idea of like, what does it actually mean to come back from this stronger like as, as a as a person, as a Jesus follower, as a mom or a dad or whatever, what does it mean to come back stronger, to come back stronger, thriving and more mature, not weaker, limping and immature? And, and it basically all centered around this idea of like everything in life is an opportunity for us to grow into our likeness to into Jesus or reject that work. And and we we said, as we've been talking about on this podcast here, is like we don't want to reject the work that God is doing. We want to take we want to be incredibly opportunistic about the time that we find ourselves in to actually help it help us not waste this time, not to waste our exile and actually come out of this looking more like Jesus. And that idea looking more like Jesus over the long haul of life is what the New Testament calls transformation. And it's something that happens from the inside out. It's something that happens because the Holy Spirit is in us and we're being formed into a totally different kind of person. And we have talked about here in this podcast uh, that that kind of transformation, becoming more like Jesus, a whole new kind of human, takes two things. It takes participation and intentionality, which means it won't happen without you and it won't happen by accident. And so the Holy Spirit invites you into participating intentionally with him in our own shaping work. And so to transform, to change, to actually come out of this stronger starts with just saying yes to the work of the Holy Spirit, acknowledging that he is working, he wants to work in you. And it just starts with saying yes to God in this moment, to meet him in this place 
of you growing stronger. And it also is this partnership with the Holy Spirit and we're formed by all sorts of things, but primarily and motivated by the Spirit. And then we're shaped by teaching, right? Do not be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be transformed. Like let your mind be transformed. Teaching and community, we cannot do this alone and practice. We actually have to do something. And it's not Uh, trying really hard, but it's training really hard that Jesus didn't teach ideas, but he taught a way of life. And we are missing something if we are just interested in the idea of Jesus, but not living out the lifestyle of Jesus. And so this is what I'm really excited for today is today we actually get to take kind of the culmination of all of that. And and really, if you think about it, it's a, it's a month and a half of why, it's a month and a half of, of building a case for a different way of life to produce different results. So we want to grow and to become like Jesus, but we already have patterns and, and rules in our life and habits. And it is the definition, definition of insanity to keep doing the same thing over and over again and expect different results. And so with a month and a half of why under our belt, what we can actually start to do is actually start looking ahead and going, if we do want to come back stronger, if we do want to transform more into the likeness of Jesus, if we want to grow to become resilient disciples who are faithful in the face of cultural coercion and who live a vibrant life in the spirit, we have to change. We have to change. And, and it doesn't matter where you're at in your, in your um, relationship with Jesus, walking with him for decades and decades, or very new to the Jesus story. If you want to transform continually, if you want to grow into him continually, we always have to be continually changing and, and reorienting and realigning our life to his value system and not ours. I actually, and, and I said, this is no matter where you're at in life. I actually see this as particularly hard for those of you who've been walking with Jesus for a really long time. It's easy for someone who is newer to the Jesus story to say like, yeah, obviously stuff's got to change. Right. Um, I have seen this as actually a really hard thing for those of you who've been walking with Jesus for a long time to grasp. And now on the, on the flip side, usually if you've been walking with Jesus for any amount of time, you're growing in humility and your self-actualization and self-realization that you do need to change and you, you're not all that. But there is a, a sliver in a segment of people who are arrogant, who are prideful. Uh, and this is me. This is my category, by the way. I'm placing myself in arrogant who are prideful uh, and, and who think they actually haven't figured out. And uh, you don't. I don't, you know, um, just to put it out there. But um, it, it, it's, it, there's a danger to, to knowing a lot about the Bible. There's a danger to being a quote unquote Christian for a really long time. And that danger is that you somehow believe the rules don't apply to you anymore <laughs> that you can check out that you can actually kind of pull away and be like, ah, yeah, spiritual formation. That's really for like, you know, either the, the super Christian who wants to go to seminary or whatever, or that's just for the, like the baby Christian who doesn't know how to read their Bible yet. But I, I would challenge you to look in the new Testament and see that some of Jesus's most stirring and challenging words were to the religious elite who thought they had it all together. And so I, I don't know where I was going with that. Maybe just a word of encouragement. If you're anything like me, to see this season with some fresh eyes and to actually see this season as as an opportunity to embrace the Holy Spirit and the work he wants to do in you. So we are talking about actual practices that we can integrate into our life 
Um, and sometimes it's an add-on and sometimes it's swapping things in and out. Uh, but we're talking about practices to integrate into our life to actually help us accomplish the goal of transforming, of becoming more like Jesus. Now, now first things first is, uh, and I don't know if this idea of rules or practices or habits or whatever, if those things are, are foreign to you, I'm going to do like a, the baby recap here just to kind of set the tone here. But first things first is we have to settle this reality that you already have a quote unquote rule of life. You already have a a culmination of habits and practices daily, weekly, monthly, annually, whatever. They're already there. So first things first, we're not talking about building something that is not there. What we're talking about is actually identifying what's already there and evaluating whether or not those habits, practices, and rules point us towards Jesus and the the life and lifestyle of Jesus or away from the life and lifestyle of Jesus. So it's one thing to identify that we already have some rules, practices, or habits. It's another thing altogether to actually begin to curate those things, or curate our rules, habits, and practices rather than be ruled by them. So th- this word rule also may, may strike you as, as really strict or like a binding constraint, but it actually comes from this word in, in the Latin and it is actually kind of a word meant for a trellis in a vineyard, right? So if you've ever been to a vineyard, you know, just, just north of us up in Santa Barbara and San Inez and a little further at Paso Robles, wine country, it's beautiful, it's amazing. Tons and tons of vineyard. And in the same way, a vine needs a trellis to lift it off the ground so it can bear like the maximum amount of fruit and even keep uh, from predators and diseases. I mean, when you just leave the vines on the ground, they just kind of totally are, are vulnerable to animals who would come and eat them or to z- diseases or whatever. They, and the fruit is not good. And in the same way, we need a kind of support structure, like a, a trellis to a vineyard, to organize our life around. Uh, and Jesus actually picks up on the same analogy in John chapter 15, where he says, like, I'm the vine, you're the branches, and we're connected. But there's this, this ancient idea in the church that we actually need a, 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 a schedule, a set of practices and relational rhythms that actually help us abide in the vine. That actually help us abide with Jesus, that help us create space in our busy world for us to be with Jesus, to become like him and do what he did, to live life to the full in Jesus's words, in his kingdom, and in alignment with, with even our deepest passions and priorities. It's been said that we achieve inner peace when our schedule is aligned with our values. It's been said that we achieve inner peace when our schedule is aligned with our values. So when we talk about practices or habits or rule of life, and I'm kind of using all of those interchangeably at the moment, all those things are are simply a tool to that end. So don't think rigid, legalistic, to-do list. What this is is a a life-giving trellis, something that actually helps you bear maximum fruit as the branch. It's a life-giving structure for freedom, growth, and joy. There's a, um, a quote I love from a, uh, an Anglican priest who's also a, a wife, a mother, uh, Margaret Gunther, and she says this, a rule can set us free to be our true and best selves. It's a working document, a kind of spiritual budget, not carved in stone, 
but subject to regular review and revision. It should support us, but never constrict us. And I love the analogy of a spiritual budget. You know, if you're married, you know, at some frequency, you're sitting down with your spouse and laying out your budget, whether it's in, you know, on mint.com or whatever, with your bank account online or on a piece of paper or a chart or whatever, but you're sitting down and actually walking through like a budget. And I, I love the analogy that uh, a rule of life or a set of practices, a set of habits is a bit of a spiritual budget. It's something where we're saying that's actually going to help lift us up and support us, not going to constrict us. And, you know, uh, one of the, the guys who does a lot of good work around, around money, debt, finances, stewardship is a guy named Dave Ramsey. And he says uh, a budget is telling your money what to do rather than uh, it telling you what to do. And I think in the same way, a spiritual budget is a bit of the same way. It's like, it's you actually like provide describing and writing out the structure that actually helps you bear the maximum amount of fruit. So first we have to settle the, the reality that we already have practices, habits, or rule of life. Think daily, monthly, annual rhythms. They're already there. But it's another thing to curate those things to point us towards the life and lifestyle of Jesus. And second, it's been said that we achieve this inner peace, this inner longing, deepest passion and priority and desire when our schedule, when our actual exterior life is aligned with our interior life, our values. And so what we're going to be talking about here is a few habits, practices, rules, some tools to our common goal of coming back stronger, of being transformed into the person of Jesus, of becoming resilient disciples who are faithful in the face of cultural coercion to live a vibrant life in the spirit. This will not be exhaustive for sure. There's probably hundreds that you can think about, but what we're doing over the next week or so is unpacking a curated set of practices that will help us come back from this stronger and help us embrace the work the Holy Spirit is doing and wants to do in you and me. So today, I know that was a bit of a long intro, but I think it's necessary to understand some of where we are at. So today, what I want to do is uh, I'm not going to do such a long intro for the next few episodes as well. So, uh, but today what we're going to do is we spent that time talking about the why. We're going to talk about the what. What is our first practice that we are embracing and putting into practice either today or tomorrow? Um, and then we're going to talk about how to do that. So this is going to be, a, these are all intended to be very easy, very simple, very memorable. These will not be world shadowing, world shattering if you spend like, you know, uh, like three hours in scripture, another two hours in solitude. If you're just like, have these spiritual practices <laughs> dialed in, this will not be groundbreaking, but it is meant to be an easy start because what I would actually assume is many of us have knowledge that these are good things, but very few of us are actually putting them into practice. And so... I don't care how smart you are, unless you're putting them into practice, Jesus says you will fall, right? That's the the house built on the sand versus the rock. If you do what I say, if you hear me and do what I say, you'll be like the man who built his house on a rock. If you don't, it'll be like the man who built his house on the sand. The storm came and it washed it away. And so this is meant to be an easy start moment, easy start moment. So the first practice, Bible before phone. Now, I probably have another five to eight minutes of unpacking how and what and all of that, but it's really simple, you know, and that's like, if you just take one thought away, that's, that's it. Bible before phone. Start the day in a quiet prayer and scripture, reading 
before anything digital like Instagram or the news or TV or whatever your rhythm is. Now, if you have kids, ideally, this will be before they wake up. This, this is something that's been like a real joy to watch in, in Sherry. I'm, I'm like 50-50 at this. I, I'm pretty exhausted and find out I'm, I've been waking up with the kids during the season. But she's been doing amazing. She's been getting up at six or earlier every single day and like carving out at least like a, a good chunk of time before kids are are coming out of, of their room. And, and for her, that, that time has been essential in this shelter at home season. It's simply starting the day in quiet with God. It's a way to, to start your day, um, not in all the anxieties and worries and to-do lists and calendar items and whatever, but to actually sit, enjoy, love, peace, and not get sucked into the hurry, anxiety, and outrage of the world. It's a, it's a way of keeping your priorities in check. Once again, I'm operating on the assumption that you, like me, want to come out of this stronger, want to become more like Jesus, want to become more resilient, more faithful, more vibrant in our life with the Spirit. I'm working off that assumption. And if that is our collective common goal together, that we are growing into the likeness of Jesus together, this is one of the major ways we keep those priorities in check. It matters what we listen to first in the day. Writer uh, and author uh, who we love and we just recommended his book to our whole church, uh, John Mark Comer in his book, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry, says this. He says, let prayer set the emotional equilibrium and scripture set your view of the world. Each day, wake up and start by letting prayer set the emotional equilibrium and scripture set your view of the world. Begin your day in the spirit of God's presence and the truth of his scriptures and let that form everything else that comes after. First thing, in prayer and scripture, let him intercede and intervene in your mind, in your heart, in your soul to be the ruling worldview, the dominant voice in your life. Psalm 63 says this, Oh God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you as in a dry and weary land where there's no water. So I have looked upon you in the sanctuary, beholding your power and glory because your steadfast love is better than life. My lips will praise you. So I will bless you as long as I live. In your name, I will lift up my hands. My soul will be satisfied as with rich, as with fat and rich food. And my mouth will praise you with joyful lips. When I remember you upon my bed and meditate on you in the watches of the night, for you have been my help. And in the shadow of your wings, I will sing for joy. My soul clings to you. Your right hand upholds me. God, I earnestly seek you. I do not believe we can say that in good faith if we're seeking other things first. Today is an invitation to seek God first in our day. Not seek out all the other voices, not seek out all the other things that try to give us input and voice into our day, but to first hear from God through prayer and through scripture. 
Now, there's a couple of questions here, and I'm going to talk about the how in just a moment here. <clears throat> but there's a couple of questions we kind of have to wrestle with. I'm not really going to answer these questions. I just more want to pose them to you because I think this will dictate how hard or easy this might be. Um, and, and it'll be obvious which one's going to be the harder, easier one. But first is, are you in a regular scripture reading habit right now? Do you have a Bible reading plan? Are you working through anything with, with a friend, with, you know, someone in your community group or whatever? Are you in a regular reading habit right now? So chances are, if you are, this is going to be an easy next step. If you aren't, this will be something that will, you will have to integrate into your life. It's a, they say it takes three weeks to build a habit into your life. So it may be a little bit of discipline on the front end. Second question, are you, are you reading scripture for sustenance or obligation? So in other words, are you reading scripture to know God or to know facts or check off a list? Now, we want to know the Bible because we want to know God. And the Bible's God's word and his primary means by which he makes himself known to people. But often we get into the, the checklist kind of fashion. So are you reading scripture for sustenance or obligation? And next question, maybe last question is, are you being shaped by scripture or are you shaping scripture? In, in uh, like seminary, that the theological terms here are exegesis versus eisegesis, right? Are we seeking the meaning of the text and, and drawing it out? Or are we importing all of our cultural worldviews into Scripture. A couple of key questions here to really to really wrestle with. Are you in a regular reading habit? Are you reading the scripture for sustenance or obligation? And are you shaped by scripture? Are you shaping scripture? So this is both a litmus test on the front end, but it's also something that over time will grow. Like this will become a habit as you commit to this practice of Bible before phone. Over time, this will become more of sustenance than obligation. And over time, this will be you being shaped rather than you shaping. And this is all like a great area to figure out where you're at right now, but also um, something to help I identify along the way some markers of growth. Because the reality is that the scriptures were designed to be read for formation and transformation, to shape us into the image of Jesus. And in this book, we find life and we find a new way to be human. And what a beautiful way to begin our day being shaped by who God is, what he's done, who we are in him, and letting all of that shape how we live today. So here's the how. So the why is everything we've spent the last month and a half and, you know, first 15 minutes talking about. The what is Bible before phone. Start the day in quiet and, and prayer and scripture before reading anything else, anything digital, before scrolling through Instagram or Facebook, checking the news, turning on the TV, turning on NPR, whatever it is, like start the day in quiet prayer and scripture. Let prayer, in the words of John Mark Comer, set the emotional equilibrium and scripture set your view of the world. That's, that's the what? Bible before phone. Now here's the how. We're going to start baby steps here. Two steps. Step one, get a hold of a real Bible. If you don't have one, if you only ever read the Bible on your phone, go on to Amazon, go on to ESV.org, whatever, buy a Bible. Doesn't have to be fancy, doesn't have to be expensive. Get a Bible, dig it out. I know you read it on your phone. I know you read it on your iPad, your computer, whatever. And you've got an app that like reads it back to you so you can listen to it audible style. It's all good, but get a hold of a real Bible, leave it by your bed. 
That's step one. Step two is start your day with a psalm and five minutes of stillness before God. With a psalm, one psalm. Just start at the beginning. Start Psalm chapter one. Just read the psalm. Five minutes of stillness before God. So I would encourage you, this is not the moment of laundry list for the day. This is not the laundry list moment of all the prayer requests, whatever, just five minutes of stillness and even letting that psalm just kind of roll around your mind. Do it in bed. If you can't, if you can't just grab your Bible, read it, kind of sit in five minutes and then get out of bed. If, if you're like me and you need to get out of bed to be at all, any kind of useful and <laughs> staying in bed just means snoozing, you know, get out of bed. Maybe this is a good moment for like some kneeling prayer or sit on the side of your bed or grab a comfy chair or whatever. But I'm not talking, what, here's what I'm not talking about those. I'm not talking about like your, your, whatever you're reading scripture, maybe kind of study or kind of maybe longer reading plans. That isn't this time. This is the simple practice of Bible before phone, of starting your day with a psalm and five minutes of stillness before God. So step one, get a real Bible, something you can hold in your hand, not digital. Step two, when you wake up, the first thing you do is read a psalm and and spend five minutes of stillness before God, hearing from him, reminding yourself of your identity in him, talking with him about the psalm you just read, and then go about your day. And then hop in the shower, make some coffee, get dressed, read the news, you know, do those other things, but start by winning the day, Bible before phone. Start the day in quiet prayer and scripture before anything digital, get a real Bible, put it beside your bed and start your day with one Psalm and five minutes of stillness before God. That's your practice. Now, if you're already awake and the day is already gone, that's okay. You can do this right now real quick, or you can just start it tomorrow. Make it your practice starting tomorrow. But this is our practice for today. We're, I'm excited to dig into some more practices with you guys, but we're going to start easy here. I would say start easy and commit to this for some length of time to evaluate. So maybe give this like a week, maybe two weeks. Say, hey, for two weeks straight, I'm going to do Bible before phone and just notice what happens in your life. This is the invitation. It's not legalistic. It's not a... Uh, um, like a to-do list. It's not a rule. It's, this is the beginnings of a life-giving structure for your freedom, your growth, and your joy. Get a hold of a real Bible, start your day with a psalm, and five minutes of stillness before God to let him set our emotional equilibrium and view of our world. That's it for today. Thanks for listening to the Anthem Daily Podcast. Uh, If you find this at all helpful, feel free to share it along. Um, We uh, have loved being on the journey with you guys and just discovering some of the things God is doing in this season and how we can meet him in that moment. And so thank you so much for listening. Love, appreciate, and pray for each one of you who listen. Even if I don't know who you are, you are a number on an analytics somewhere. And I pray for you and trust that the Spirit is doing good, deep work in you in this season. And we'll see you back here tomorrow on the Anthem Daily Podcast.